Welcome to another episode of Real Drinks with Ali Flores, and we are still on our holiday uh, episodes. We did, let's see, the last two were, um, let's see, we did Christmas Vacation, which is always awesome, and we did, um, God, what was the other one? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Well, we're doing another one now. Um, this is the third one, and I, I think I've got 10, so we're going to be doing a ton of Christmas movies. It's going to be awesome. Um, so... For those of you that are just joining us, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this is Real Drinks, where we talk about movies and we drink. We drink. We, we have a drink based on the film or something that they drink in the movie. And so super excited about this movie um, and this guest. Uh, I've known this guy for a very long time. Uh, he's been in the business for a long time, not, not necessarily as an actor, but he does stuff behind the, behind the screen, uh, behind the camera. And it, it, you name it, he does it. So uh, please welcome Mr. Brian Conrad. How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm fabulous. I'm loving the decor. Uh, you got, I like that. I got my lamp. I got my bobbleheads. I'm, I lost the leg lamp in the divorce. I'm upset about that. Oh, uh, we'll have to get you one. I know. I got to uh, get another leg lamp. Um, and and is, that, is that for Gile? Do you got for Gile on your sweater? I do. I have my Christmas sweater, which is, of course... You can see it's got fragile on the top and on the bottom. It's little broken eyeglasses. Yep. And I got my fudge. Oh, oh fudge, um, shirt. So obviously we are talking uh, about a Christmas story. This is going to be our movie for the day. Uh, before we get into that, Brian, tell everybody what you do, what you've been doing as far as uh, in the biz and things like that. Uh, well, right now I have my own production company, Creative Wave Productions, and we do a little bit of everything. Um, as a friend of mine says, when they say, what do you do? He says, what do you need? Yeah. So, um, like you said, I have a, a long career. Uh, you know, I've worked in theme parks. I've worked on TV shows, on films, uh, live entertainment, pretty much a little bit of everything. And that's what we do. We are just a, a full service production company. Uh, we do, um, uh, corporate audiovisual, So providing general sessions, breakouts, um, I also have video production services, which I provide for them, but you know, a lot of other people that just need videos produced and, uh, obviously going with that, we'll do film production. I've got a couple scripts in the works and a couple things in development. And then, uh, we just off offer, you know, production management, creative services. So like awesome. if you go on the website under that, it lists everything and, and, you know, sweet, man. I'll do all kinds of creative stuff for clients not necessarily for if you have a meeting or not you know um coca-cola Lionsgate, um any of that like i said if you got a special event and you want to add production elements to it we'll do that so a little awesome. bit of everything a little bit of everything that's perfect man so this is a movie i have found i thought everybody loved this movie there are people that do not like this movie um my mom hates this movie really hates it um she was the only person i knew that didn't like the movie um and but every year especially you know when they're doing the 24 hours she's just like oh that stupid movie is on again uh, she <laughs> hates this movie uh i love the movie and i look forward to it i know i only watch it on the 24 hours uh, uh -huh. that it's on 
So I only watch it Christmas Day, and it's you know that that's the only time I watch it. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, feel- that's the only time we do it here as well. We it's the as soon as it comes on Christmas Eve, eight o'clock, we watch mm-hmm. it, and then throughout the day, if yeah. the TV comes on, that's what it's on. And it's usually over. in the background. You, you know, know it- Thanksgiving, you put the football games on mm-hmm. and nothing else. For Christmas at our house, the TV doesn't come on unless that's it. Yeah. And that's that's got to be on until the marathon is over. Yeah. Um, now, like my dad, he doesn't hate it, but he's kind of like your mom. He's like, are you watching that again? I mean, now he's accepted it. But like when we were in high school, <laughs> it, it didn't used to be the marathon. Mm-hmm. It was on like all the time, starting with Thanksgiving every night, not necessarily one channel. Because remember back then there were a lot less cable channels and they were always looking for content. Right. So like one week, Turner would have it and he would put it on all his channels, TBS one night, TNT the next night, country music TV, you know, and then yeah. the week after that would be WGN and all their channels and then Fox. And so that by the time you got to Christmas, it had been on like every night. And that's how we used to watch it was every night. My dad would walk in. He's like, are you watching that again? <laughs> so do you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, vaguely. I mean, like I said, I know it was in high school and it was one of those where it was on every day and we watched it and it was cool. And was this a, was this an instant love or what did it have to grow? Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I don't want to say it was an instant love. It was a good movie. And I remember, I had remembered from when it came out in the theaters, I didn't see it in the theaters, but I had remembered all the advertisements for it. So I was like, all right, let's, let's see this. And uh, I liked it. And then like, like I said, at that time, you know, there weren't, but maybe you got three regular channels. And if you got cable, then maybe you got 10 to 20 channels. So there wasn't a whole lot of content. So it was, the next night. Okay, well, that's what's on. There's boring <laughs> shows on and there's that one. I mean, that's the way it was when we were kids, you know? It's, yeah. That's, you... that's how the, the, the Cubs, the Mets, and the Braves got so many fans was because there was like three Superstation channels. And when their games were on all the time, that's what people watched. Yeah. And that's how they had fans across the country. Because it it's like, well, that's what's on. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember watching the movie, uh, at home, you know, just like you. And I remember going, it's all right. You know, it's, it's cool. It's cute. Um, the, the vivid image for me was always Ralphie in the, in the pink, um, bunny rabbit suit. That was always the, just that came to mind. Uh, and I think the older I got, the more I appreciate the movie. Yeah. Um, After you see it a few times, it grows on you. Yeah, and, and I, have, I have really just fallen in love with the movie. I look forward to it every year. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. Those of you that have never seen this movie, I, I, I doubt there's anyone that has not seen this movie. But, uh, Brian, give me, let's just say I'm never going to see the movie. I can't see it. I've never seen it. Give me a brief synopsis about what this movie's about. Okay, well... It's basically, and I think this is why everybody likes it, because we all have some type of memory like this. It's just basically the story of a boy, and there's something that he really wants for Christmas. And that's what it's about, him dropping hints and telling his parents and trying to lobby to get this toy for Christmas, which really, how many of us have not been there? Oh, yeah. You know? 
And in this case, what he wants is a Red Ryder BB gun. So the movie starts out, you know, with him and his brother getting ready to go to school. And, you know, it's the beginning of December and he starts planting subtle hints. So he's putting a Red <laughs> Ryder ad in his mom's magazine. He's slipping another one into the sports section of his dad's newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, and then later on the next day or the day after they're sitting at dinner, you know, and at breakfast and he's like, dad, I bet you can't guess what I'm going to get you for Christmas, you know, hoping to start the conversation, <laughs> you know, or the other one is trying to start the conversation of why they should have a, a BB gun for protection. You know, he's like, there were grizzly bears down by the pharmacy, yes. <laughs> you know, anything he can do to kind of bring it up. Uh-huh. And he continues to do this throughout December, lobbying for this toy that he wants for Christmas. Um, his teacher gives him a theme to write. So, of mm-hmm. course, he writes about how I want a Red Rider BB gun. Unfortunately, every time he tells somebody about it, the response he gets is, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. So it just seems like there is no way he's going to get this. So he keeps lobbying and lobbying. And at the last minute, like two days before Christmas, he realizes, I know exactly who I should have gone to in the first place. (laughs) Santa Claus. (laughs) So he goes down. It's like two days before Christmas. He goes down to the local department store, the Higby's. Um, It's Goldblatt's, I believe, in the book. Mm -hmm. And... uh, stands in line because it's two days before so everybody's trying to get their last minute requests in stands in this long line to get to see santa he gets up to santa and like most kids he starts to freak out a little mm-hmm. um his brother gets on santa's lap and starts crying and screaming and they get rid of him <laughs> ralphie just his whole mind goes blank because it's santa claus and they start to 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 take him away and then he remembers and he's like wake up stupid and he remembers and stops and he tells him one of our official red riding red rider carbine action bb gun mm-hmm. and santa looks at him and he goes just shoot your eye out kid and he oh. just gets this look on his face and he's thinking he says i can't believe my mom got to santa claus <laughs> so that's the majority of the story and then on christmas day it comes and he's going through presents and I'll just leave it at that. I won't tell you if he got his BB gun or not. You'll have to watch the movie to find out. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So before we get into like fully into breaking down this, uh, this, this awesome iconic 1983 movie, um, let's see what we're drinking was the second half of real drinks is real and drinks. So what are we drinking, Brian? We are drinking an Ovaltine martini. An or an Ovaltini, as they call it. Um, and this is because there's a section in the movie where Ralphie sends away to become a member of the Orphan Annie fan club. Just like mm-hmm. all of us, you send in your quarter to whatever fan club when we were kids, and they send mm-hmm. you stuff back. And one of the things is they send you a decoder ring. Um, so you go and you listen at that time because it takes place in the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, and you listen to the little Orphan Annie radio show sponsored by Ovaltine and his decoder ring finally comes and at the end they give him a message and they read off these numbers and he gets (laughs) it and he takes his paper his decoder ring and he runs to the only place private enough for him to decode a secret message which is the bathroom (laughs) 
And he decodes the message. And at the end, he reads it. And it's, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. And he gets very upset because he can't <laughs> believe he waited all this time and got all excited. And he says, for a lousy commercial. Yep. So and that's uh, what we're drinking. The Ovaltine. my friend. Mine, I have it garnished on the top. You put the uh, Ovaltine inside yes. the drink. Um, it is uh, vodka. Vanilla vodka. Vanilla vodka. I think it's what? Creme de cacao. Yep. Let me see. And I got it here. Yeah. Creme de cacao and Ovaltine. And Ovaltine. And there's two ways to do it. You can either go around the top or you can put it inside. Mine's yep. inside. And I have it in my leg lamp. Class. That's so awesome, dude. That's so awesome. Cheers. Let's see how this goes. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's Mine not bad at not all, bad actually. With the stuff in it. I bet you it's better with it in it. Uh, probably, yeah. Because I, I, I like I can still taste it, and it's good. But that's actually not bad. That's hmm. That's dangerous. I would say after this, make it with the stuff in it and try yeah. it. I think this is probably even better. Holy cow, that's that's dangerously good. That's uh, that might have to happen. That might have to be a, a new holiday drink for me. Uh, you know, going to Christmas parties and stuff. We'll put. Uh, I got the Ovaltine. We got it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's good. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at that. I was expecting to use the line that the old man does about his wine. It's not bad. It's not good, but it's not, not bad. bad. <laughs> but that is actually pretty good. So, all right. So let's get into it. All right. 1983 classic movie, A Christmas Story. Um, and like you said, it it opens. You know, he's uh, he just wants a Christmas present. That's that's all he wants. They're getting ready for school. He's just and and you're right. It is an absolute. Everybody goes through that. Here's what I want for Christmas. Um, and this whole movie i feel from beginning to end is all about build up and disappointment build up and disappointment build up and it's just constant it's a roller coaster for him like he's and and they set up the tension so perfectly um the confidence that he has throughout the movie that he knows he's gonna get it he's gonna get it and he just keeps getting knocked down just constantly i love the fact that he he, he just he's not giving up on his dream of wanting right. that Red Ryder, um, BB gun with a compass in the sky in the stock. Right. He's got that, um, that, uh, what do we call in the business? It's, it's more of an ignorant confidence. Yeah. Yes. You know, he doesn't realize that there's actually a chance that he might not get it. You know, mm. um, usually we use that term when, you know, we're taking on a project way too big for us to handle. Yes. But we or, just don't realize it. And you'll see like a lot of the hit films, especially the ones that are made when the filmmakers are really young or whatever. It's always afterwards, you know, they're like, I didn't know what I was getting into. I just said, you're crazy for making this movie or whatever. <laughs> you know, they always say that and they go, but we didn't know any better. So we just kept going and plowing ahead and coming up with ways to finish it. And it always ends up being great. So he's got that, that kind of, ignorance to his confidence that there's no possible way that I might not get this. <laughs> I just got to keep at it. So we got the Parkers. We've got Ralphie. We've got Randy. Mm -hmm. We got mom and dad. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and this is in Cleveland, correct? This is all set. Cause they live on Cleveland street. They live on that. Cleveland street. 
the movie was shot in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. However, the setting is Hammond, Indiana. Oh, it's in Indiana. Okay. Hammond, Indiana. That's where uh, Gene Shepard, the author of the books and the movie, is from. And these are all a lot of little stories and stuff from his childhood and, and rolled into this, you know, and so everybody takes inspiration from their childhood. Mm -hmm. um, so it's Hammond, Indiana, which is in Northwest Indiana, which is why when his dad's reading the paper all the time and commenting on sports, it's always Chicago teams, the Bears, the White Sox. Um, when they talk about stuff being tossed out into the lake, they say Lake Michigan because it's all that that area right there. It's it's yeah. up close to the border, up in that area. Awesome. So we've got we've got them. We've got the uh, you know um, the school. Um, which the majority of the, the movie takes place is, is, is usually with his school friends. Um, a lot of the most memorable moments happen in school. One of my favorite things about this film is the fact that they do their cutaways um, and then just like interstitial scenes, his imagination, you know, goes crazy and it's just boom. And it's it goes from being like a real movie to over the top. Um, yes. You know, the characters just get super heightened. Um, you know, especially, well, I don't want to get to that point yet. Um, but just, there's so many great moments that they, their characters just get heightened. Right. Um, and he starts daydreaming mm -hmm. and then goes into a kid's daydreams. So he's fighting off the bad guys that are coming to take over the house. And, you know, the bad guys look at like bad guys that everybody drew at the time with the striped shirt and the stocking cap and the little black masks. You know, and then when he takes them all out with his imagined Red Ryder BB gun, they're laying there and just like a cartoon, they've got X's over their eyes <laughs> and their tongues hanging out. And that was uh, it was was it Black Bart? Black Bart. Black Bart. That's right. Um, yeah, I love the fact that he imagines himself like a like a sharpshooter. Like he is just mm -hmm. dead eye. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, Never picked up a gun before, but if he had one, he'd be. <laughs> He'd be dead eye, boom, boom, boom. Um, which, by the way, most people think that they're phenomenal. Like, oh, yeah, I, I do that. I could do that. I played Call of Duty once. If you give me a real gun, I'd be, I, yeah, I, I could do it. I'm like, no, well, that's shut how up. People dude. are about most things. Yeah, it's like I, I got it. I got it. If I could do it, if, one of my favorite things is, man, if I was there, you wouldn't have done anything. Shut up. That's what right. <laughs> here's something that happens. You know, somebody gets a fight. Man, if I was there, what? What would you have done? Nothing. Right. Like, shut up. Um, a, a good thing about like, okay, so we get into, we go to school and uh, we get the theme. And Ralphie thinks, man, this is it. This is how I get it. I get to write about my, my BB gun and what I want. And if I can get the teacher on board. I'm golden. I get an A That's for this. It, right. And what does he get? A plus 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 or no? He gets a C minus. No, no, but in the in the dream. Right. He gets a C minus, but when he's writing his theme, he believes it's good enough to be not just an A, but his teacher gets up and goes to town. A plus plus plus. And when she runs out of room on the <laughs> The chalkboard, she's writing it on the walls and the, everybody starts chanting his name and <laughs> throwing him, getting him up in the air like he just won the big game or something because he did so well with his theme. Yeah. Um, the reality of the situation is she gives him a C minus 
on the title, he misspells Christmas. <laughs> and at the bottom of the page, she's, she writes, you'll shoot your eye out. And, and that is the running motif for the whole, the whole movie is just, you'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot uh-huh. your eye out, every person. And he thinks there's like this conspiracy against him. They're all going against him because his mom has gotten to everybody. You'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. Um, one of my one of, one of the most iconic scenes is um, the pole. Um, Getting your tongue stuck to a cold pole in the middle of winter, right? Which I know nothing about uh, growing up in South Florida. I was like, all of this looks not familiar to me. It's not relatable to me. Um, but apparently it can happen. Oh, yes, it can. I can tell you that. For, I mean, I haven't tried it, but coming from up north originally, yes. Um, and my dad, you know, always said my dad was like, as soon as when we watched, I remember my dad said as soon as he stuck it to the pole, you know, before they got to the part with the fire department and everything. And he's like, well, you got to pour hot water on it to get it off. Otherwise, it'll rip your skin and everything. Off. Oh, God. You know, and he's and I'm like. Okay, but I mean, he knew firsthand, A, from growing up up north, and B, with him being a fireman up north, you know, (laughs) especially firsthand having to put out fires in the middle of winter and the water is getting all over your hands and, you know, so he's had come home with plenty of skin taken off, his hands wrapped up from frostbite and everything, but oh my God, yeah, that's how you get it off because you have to heat up the pole and the tongue at the same time. Or if you just pull, you'll rip your skin off. So, and they do. They grab his head. They're pulling back, and you see the close-up of his tongue being pulled. Right. And I love how they accomplish that effect. Um, they put a hole in the pole and right. a vacuum. Yep. They just made a suction. So, yep. so and so his tongue. Pull. I mean, obviously not pull hard because he pulled off pull right. enough to where the tongue could stretch and it would look real, like he was really stuck to it. And I don't know what they used for. I, I'm assuming it's a like a rubber tongue, but where it looks like it's being pulled, like like it looks. Right. There's a part where it's super close, and it looks like it's. It really yeah. looks like it's pulling real. Yeah, I uh, used the combination of both. It was real, and I think I read somewhere a, a rubber tongue also that you could. God, but when and, it, and he it, comes into class, and he's <laughs> got his whole tongue wrapped up in bandages. <laughs> bandage and it looked like um like shemp um the the tooth the toothache type of bandage but they put it around right. his tongue he's like eh. um i love the fact and this is so true um all the kids just leave him because they don't want to get yeah. in trouble they don't want to deal with it he's trouble. out there by himself he's asking for help and they're like the bell rang we gotta go and they just take off anybody see him nobody oh. knows the teacher wants to know where he is she knows they know <laughs> And they're not going to say a word. And he says, none of us were stupid enough to answer up. Uh, it was it was brilliant. It was so good. Um, just everybody just boom, done. And and kids do that. I remember okay. being um, uh, when I was growing up, we grew up on, a, on a, just a street, you know, um, and I grew up in a very small, you know, town. Uh, so everybody knew everybody and no one really moved away. Like my best friends growing up. They're still their family still live on that street in the same house. Um, and we all grew up together. So it wasn't like, you know, in Orlando, it's hard to I think it's hard to build that kind of a community where you're there the entire time and nobody moves. 
Uh, well, but there, yeah, that's the way it is now, as opposed to when we were kids. Uh, back then, you know, most people got a job and they stayed with that job for as yeah. long as they could, you know, unless the job transferred them. But mm -hmm. so I think that's what the reason is these days. It's yeah, just everybody's everybody job to jobs and everything mm -hmm. else. But we were there, and I remember. Um, do you remember? Um, you could get them at fairs, and it was basically a rubber tube with a stopper in the front, and you could fill it with water. And it would expand and it would get really big. It almost looked like a, a water balloon uh, or a, um, an animal, a balloon animal. It almost looked like when you blow it up, the skinny ones. Uh -huh. But it was like a tubing. It was uh, like a thick tubing. And with enough pressure, you could get the water in there and then you could release it and it would shoot. It would fire oh, wow. out. So we would get those from fairs and we'd sit there on our street and we'd just go anytime a car would drive by. We'd go and it would go. See? Well, <laughs> It's just water. It wasn't anything right. big. It was just water. And most people didn't. They would just kind of go, where'd that come from? Well, one guy, we called him Farmer John um, because we saw him once with overalls. And we thought he was a farmer because kids are stupid. Um, Farmer John, and he slams on the brakes. Who did it? You're going to wash my car. We're like, dude, it's water. Calm down. You're going to wash my car. Yeah, it's like, you're going to wash my house. Who did it? I said, we don't know what I'm talking about. Or I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Who did it? And both of my friends, my best friends go, uh, just write to out. me. Boom. I go, you know, sons of bitches. Like, just, I was, all right. So, yeah, it was me. You're going to come over and wash my car. I said, no, I'm not. So I'm not going to, but thanks for playing. Um, so it was like, yeah, kids just rat you out. They leave you out. They're like, done. <laughs> um and and poor that poor guy's out there flailing with his tongue on the thing. Everybody comes in, and and that's a small town as well, so everybody knows about the tongue. Right. Everybody's aware. Um, so when do we get into? Because I want to talk about you've got an awesome leg lamp. You've got the leg lamp there. You got the leg lamp yeah. um, cup. You got the leg lamp shirt or sweater. Yeah. The leg lamp comes in fairly, fairly early in the movie. Right. Um, and he thinks he's won a major award. Right. It's his dad. And what happens is um, early on in the scene where Ralphie is trying to tell his dad what he wants and drop hints and his dad's reading the paper. Well, just before Ralphie comes in, his dad is doing the crossword puzzle and you know, now crossword puzzles are in the paper and everywhere all the time. Everybody just does them. But back then, they were like contests. So if you solve the crossword puzzle, you win the contest. You know, it's put on by the newspaper and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so his dad is doing this crossword puzzle. And, you know, then he gets this telegram that says, you have won the, you know, the, the game or the puzzle or whatever put on by such and such, you know, um, you'll be receiving a major award. You know, he gets this Western Union telegram. Um, and he also that day, you know, he called down to the, the shipping depot or the, the, the post office or wherever, wherever these shipments come in. And the guy tells him, well, yeah, your telegraph came late because we just got your box today. Mm -hmm. So expect it to be at your house tonight. And so the dad comes home and he's 
showing his telegram and singing his praises. I won, I won, I won. <laughs> you know, like what? She goes, look, I won. And they're sending a award, a major award, <laughs> you know? And so they're sitting there speculating what it could be, you know? And they're throwing out all these things. At one point he says, or a bowling alley. And the wife is like, <laughs> how are they gonna send you a bowling alley? He goes, well, maybe not a whole bowling alley. <laughs> Oh, so and, as they're speculating, you know, the, the, the shipping guys come and knock on the door and they bring in this giant crate. It's like four foot tall by, I don't know, two feet wide, you know, crate. And it's marked fragile across the top. So they bring it in, they put it down and the dad's looking at it. You know, he signs the paper, he's looking at it and he goes, Oh, look at this. This is really cool. He says, Fragile. He goes, it must be Italian. <laughs> and his wife <laughs> says, it says fragile. He's like, oh, right. <laughs> and so he gets the crowbar and he's ripping open the wooden crate, you know, and he's pulling out all the shavings and things to find it. And he reaches in, he's like, oh, it's big, it's big. And he pulls this thing out and it's, this part right here, mm -hmm. a big plastic woman's leg in high heels and fishnet <laughs> stockings. He goes, look at that. Oh, it's beautiful. And they're like, what is it? And he's like, it's an award. It's, it's a major, major award. award. <laughs> She's like, I know, but what is it? And he's like, well, I don't know. Let's look around for more pieces. And they pull out the top half and kind of he's like, oh, it's a lamp. Look how beautiful it is. He goes, I know just where to put it. And he runs and I over love, I and love he puts it Ralphie. in the front window. When he holds it up in the neighborhood to see. When he holds it up just out of the wide. box. I love it just out of the box, though, because you just see suddenly Ralphie just. Yes. Kind of start caressing the like. Ralphie starts caressing the, the <laughs> leg right up to there's even a little doesn't show it on this one, but on the big one, right? It's got like the underside of the butt and he's just all up in there. And so the dad puts it right in the front window facing mm -hmm. the street with the windows open, turns it on for everyone to see, which of course the wife is thrilled about as uh -huh. most women would be. And he's out in the street. Oh, yeah. you should see it from out here. It's beautiful. <laughs> People are stopping. As they're what walking by, cars are slowing down. There's, what is that? It's, a goes, major it's award. an award. What? He goes, it's a major award. I won it. It's an award. Like, <laughs> it's an award? Hey, he's look at this award. He's won this award. <laughs> and everybody's stopping to admire the award that he's won. And what's crazy to me is the fact that he is so proud of it. Like, it's just a leg lamp. You didn't do anything really special to get it. It's just a leg lamp, and he is so proud, um, just so happy, beaming the entire time, yeah. uh, and 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 she is not having it. Well, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite scenes. There's so many really good scenes in this film, um, but let's take a look at. Was there anything on? Okay, so you're more. You do you do a little bit of everything, um, but as a writer, as you know, an editor or anything like that, did you see anything in this film 
that stood out that was like, you know what, this is maybe a little revolutionary at the time. What did they do that most people won't see? Like what, what, were there any things that like most people won't get, like how cool that is that they did in this movie? Um, well, the one thing that they did, and now it's taken for granted, it's not necessarily that it was revolutionary, um, but it did kind of inspire people was the fact that, you know, the story was narrated. Mm. I mean, a little bit like a stage play sometimes is, um, or, you know, Greek theater and to some point Shakespearean where you have the chorus, which gives the narration. Mm-hmm. So it was narrated as the story was going by Gene Shepard, who wrote the books and wrote the screenplay um, as he's doing stuff. So he plays the older Ralphie and Peter Billingsley is the younger Ralphie doing the acting. Um, and that actually served for the inspiration for, you know, and everybody's admitted it for all the stuff you see now. So like the Wonder Years, which yeah. was a really popular TV show, the way in which it was done was inspired by a Christmas story. Yeah, with the, and then in turn, that is the Wonder Years has inspired others. Like the Goldbergs is told in the exact same. And that's about a guy talking about his childhood. He's uh, our age. Mm-hmm. So it all came from him watching the Wonder Years, which and they got from a Christmas story. How I Met Your Mother, same type of thing, uh-huh. you know, with the narration and stuff. So, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think visually this is a. I, I like it. I, I like the film visually as well, not just the story. Um, one one big reason I, I kind of I got I got into it is because I I never I've never seen a Christmas like that. You know, growing up in South Florida, down by Naples, you know, I didn't see snow right snow. until I got into college. And the first time I saw snow, and it was just snow flurries, and it was in Florida, but I was going to school up uh-huh. in North Florida, uh, right by Alabama, so. I was 30 minutes away from Alabama. So I'm like, mm-hmm. we got some snow flurries once. I was like, we woke up. Me and my roommate woke up, ran out of the dorm in our underwear. It's snowing. And they're like, go to bed. It's snowing. <laughs> you don't understand. We've never seen this. This is amazing. <laughs> and I remember calling my mom. So I drove in a snowstorm yesterday. Just to let you know. It's like a snowstorm. It was snowing. It, it wasn't even <laughs> sticking. It wasn't sticking. It was snowing, but it wasn't staying on the ground. There was nothing you could grab, but yeah, yeah. it's no flurries. But so yeah. for me, just looking at all that, um, I was like, wow, that's insane. And part of me really wanted to, I was like, I kind of want, I want to go visit that. I want to see what that's like. And then when I got older and people were started telling me about the hard work it is to deal with all that stuff, I went, yeah, it's all good. I don't need to do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, I like visiting. Mm-hmm. You know, and as much as I enjoy the seasons and I wish it would get colder here, you know, I'm not about to move back up and have to deal with shoveling snow every every day and have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't mind visiting at all because that's, you know, I'm like, I'm here long enough to enjoy it, but not long enough. I got to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's how Christmases were up north. They put I mean, and the towns and they even do it now. The towns, they put stuff up on the, the poles and everything. I mean, that's here in downtown Winter Garden and, and the winter, well, actually the whole Winter Garden area, you know, they put all the little things on the power poles and the light poles mm-hmm. and they didn't, don't do that in Fort Myers or Immokalee or down where we were. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what I like about here. But yeah, they do all that and they put lights up and there's trees and of course there's snow and the town where we're from, um, a few streets over from where my dad grew up, you know, there's a, a I believe it was called Candlestick Lane. That was the oh, name wow. of the street. So obviously on Christmas, mm -hmm. the whole we went there once when we were visiting. The, the whole street is done up. They do lights. And back then it was the big plastic blow molds. Wow. You know, with like the candles, you mm -hmm. know, on the road and then plus the snow. And it's, it's like that. It's, it's. Wow. It's a little bit bigger deal up there, I guess, mm -hmm. probably with the snow and everything else. But I mean, it looks, yeah, no, it looks really cool. Another little feature I, I loved um, seeing uh, because nobody cared at that point, especially when he's putting up the, the, the lamp is the amount of things plugged in <laughs> to the socket. Nobody cared about safety. It's just, no. like pick, just so many, so many things plugged into the outlet. Um, I have to do that now with our house. Yeah. Like they have, we have a few outlets that make sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, our house is littered with outlets, but like three quarters of them are in places that make no sense. And I have a ton of light switches that must go to these outlets because they don't turn anything else on. <laughs> but like to do my displays outside for the holidays, I only got one outlet on the front porch. Nowhere else, not anywhere around the rest, not in the back. Nowhere is there any other outlet. I got one. Jeez. And of course it's tied into the same circuit as the front room of the house. Mm -hmm. So I have to sit there and I mean, Luckily, with what I do for a living, I, I know I'm sitting there and I'm like, OK, the outlet is so many amps. If I do this, this and plug the I'm counting ampage and watts to make sure that I don't trip anything. You know, now, luckily, I've switched everything over to LED, you know, which I think each string of LED lights is like one third of an amp, you know, so I can go for days. And then I have some bigger lights that like uh, light up the whole the whole nice. house up lights and stuff, but they're all LEDs. So yeah, I have to sit and count to make sure I don't blow anything. But then off of that one thing, you know, I've got a three outlet, you know, break off. Right. Right. And then I, so I run extension cords off of that. And then each off of those are breakouts, you know, of three and four things. And then I got splitters running everywhere. Cause again, I gotta get everything to this one out. Oh my God. Your place is going to explode. Um, do you, okay. So you've got, you've got kids uh -huh. and do they love the movie as well? Yes. Okay, good. They do. Um, um, but it's not like I gave them much of a choice. I mean, <laughs> this is what we watch on Christmas. So, but it's it? not bad either. I mean, again, if you're a kid, you know, there's, plenty of comedy in there. Plus it's, like I said, a story about, I mean, my daughter's 12 years old and there's some game she wants and I've been hearing about it for like three mm -hmm. weeks straight every day. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's the story in and of itself is. Yeah. It's everybody deals with. It's very relatable. Um, yeah. It will stand the test of time because it's, it's, it's about, I guess the thematically it's something that will continue to happen forever. Like as long as there's Christmas, there's this will be it. This is what every kid goes. To be had. Yeah, <laughs> like this is what's going to happen. Um, let's talk about let's talk about a couple of the other characters in this film uh -huh. that I think uh, steal the show. I think Randy, 
Um, his little brother. His little brother. Just uh, he's yeah. perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. And I and, and part of me sits there and goes, he's not an actor. That's just some kid that they brought in and said, let's just have some fun with you. Um, yeah. Because he was just a kid. I can't put my arm down. He's right. doing what it's, it's yeah. Um, doing what kids do. Because yeah. you get so bundled up with stuff in the winter and sometimes you can't get your arms all the way down. <laughs> so I'm sure if he was from up north, it was relatable. But he was just doing what little brothers do. At the beginning of the movie, they call him down for, for breakfast to get ready for school. And there's a big fight about who gets to run through the door first. Mm-hmm. You know, and my daughter laughs at that. Because I said, look, it's just like you two. And they're fighting over who's getting through the door, you know, and racing down the stairs. So it's, again, it's it's kids doing what kids relatable. Kids doing what yeah. kids do. So, yeah, they like it. And my kids like it. And they watch it because yeah, it, it's it, real life stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the funny stuff from real life that you can't make up. So you've got him. You've got Randy. Um, you've got the bully. Scott, Scott Farkas. Farkas. What a what a weird name. That's a name right there. Scott uh-huh. Farkas. Not Scott Farkas. Nope. S C G Scott. Never have I heard that name. Except in this movie. I was like, Scott. Is, I want is it short for something, I wonder? I don't know. They never say. Ah, Scott Farkas. Uh, who plays who's played by um uh Zach Ward. Yeah, he, he was in um, Titus. He was in the television show Titus. Yeah. And we're seeing him, and I was like, hey, I know those eyes. Um, and he got that because by that time, Christmas Story had blown up mm-hmm. and become big again. And so he started, because he was like being a waiter or something, and he was like, ah, I was a childhood actor, no big deal. Right. And then he noticed everybody started recognizing him everywhere he went and wanting to take pictures and everything and telling about the movie and how much they loved it and thought maybe there's something to this. So he started acting again, you know, and with, and with that being on all the time, all of a sudden he was started to maybe be seen a little bit more as a valuable commodity. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he started going back to acting and doing stuff, doing some more stuff. Yeah. And he's got to be making pretty good money off of just this film. There, the residuals have got to be going crazy on this. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, heck, 24 hours in every market, you know, I mean, that's going to be a good check. <laughs> um, and he plays it. He plays him so well. Um, he's such a terrifying little punk. I love the, the guy that's with him. It reminds me, he reminds me of the, um, the Looney Tunes uh, cartoon. Hey, Spike, you want to play? Want to play, Spike? Yeah. Spike? Ah, Spike shut up. Dog. And that's who he reminds me of. Um, and I love the hitting scene. It's like, hey, boom. And he hits him on the, hits him on the arm. He's like, yeah, nice. Boom. Yeah. And then he gives him one hard. Ow. And you know that wasn't pulled. He hit him hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Because you, you see his body jolt. Like, yeah, he, he gets a good... <laughs> like oh man that poor kid i'm sure the director probably didn't tell the little kid he's gonna you know probably told him you're gonna hit a little harder each time trying to outdo each other but he probably didn't tell him that he told the big kid to waylay him just give him a hard one that last one he did the director did the same thing at the end with the duck everybody but the mom knew what was going to happen 
<laughs> he gave her a different page of the script. So when it's time to, to fix the duck, that was her real reaction. Oh my God. That's freaking great. Well, uh, um, let me say, uh, I was going to say um, the bully scene uh, where Ralphie's had enough mm-hmm. uh, and just, I, I think is, is shot really well. I think it's edited perfectly. Um, and his, for a kid actor, he's got some chops. Because uh-huh. um, I fully believed he had had enough and just uh, the emotion that he has and he just starts crying. And he uh, let it all out. And then he got home and just crying when he was done. And, and that was such a huge release for him, um, you know, for that character to finally was like, you know what? I'm done. And he beats the shit out of him, um, <laughs> just destroys him. Um, and the I love the line. Is, is the end. His nose is all bloody, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's cheering on Ralphie and, and the bully sits up, kind of looks around like anybody see that, even though they did. Mm-hmm. He doesn't cry, but he just sits there and goes, he goes, <laughs> his face is covered in blood. He's going to try and suck it up like yep. it's a, a, a piece of snot dangling from his nose. We're good. I'm good, guys. I'm good. Yeah. Um, I love the line right before that. Uh, Randy played dead. It was his only defense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just down. He's just down. Uh, <laughs> um. And then this is when we see the mom become cool. Uh-huh. And he takes him home, and he figures he's going to get a whooping from his dad. Mm-hmm. And she just casually, when he asks what happened during the day, casually mentions Ralphie got into a fight, and he starts to go, and he goes, oh, you know, it's just boys being boys. It's taken care of. And that was kind of it. Yeah. Because Randy was huddled under the sink, Cause he thought when dad got home, it was all over. He's yep. crying. And she's like, what's wrong? He goes, daddy's going to kill Ralphie. <laughs> Which is a genuine moment when you're a kid, because you don't get the sarcasm of that statement. I'm going to get killed. He's going to kill me. They're like, yeah. no, you genuinely believe you're going to die. Like it, yep. this is it. Um, and he, poor kid was <laughs> sick. Just, uh-huh. um, the other, mom good, takes care of him. the other good mom moment is uh, when they get a flat tire as they're bringing home the Christmas tree and Ralphie goes out to help his dad. And his dad gets all the lug nuts off of the car and Ralphie ends up spilling them all over the place. And as they're flying, he goes, oh, fuck. But I didn't say fudge. But I didn't say fudge. <laughs> I said the granddaddy of them all. That's right. And so he, he sits. They get home. His dad tells him to get in the car. His dad tells, do you know what your son just said when they get in the car? He said, what? <laughs> so he gets home in the bathroom with the soap in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And Which again, Boom. I think all kids can relate. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I, my brother and I, every now and then got it. Got some once a soap. In wow. The mouth. And I know my kid at one, I think it was Sabrina at one point got soap in the mouth. Sabrina or Charlie. Ooh. I'm not sure. Which one. My wife would know, but oh. um, and the best thing is his mom's saying, you know, 
you shouldn't do this. Now, I need to know where you heard this word. And the truth is, he says, he doesn't tell his mom, but what he's thinking is, well, I got it from dad. Cause yep. he, which I think again, all of us know that that's where, you know, yes, that's where it doesn't comes matter from. how holy our family is. Mm -hmm. When something goes wrong, the dad is always in the garage screaming up a storm. Yes. You know? Did your kids ever tell on you? What's that? Did your kids ever tell on you? No. Yeah, my daughter did. I get a phone well, call. I, I, try, I try and make sure not because I know, because I see. I try not to do it. I got a phone call well, once. Well, I mean, they don't tell on me for words. They tell on me for other stuff. Uh, yeah, other Daddy's stuff. They write you out. This. Daddy's eating that, you know. I was. Uh, I got a phone call once. My daughter was in the back seat, you know, in her car seat. She had to be maybe two. Mm -hmm. And so my ex-wife goes, um, so guess what I heard your daughter say just now? I said, what did she say? We're driving and uh, I hit a bump or something. She goes, damn it. I was <laughs> like, what did you? Damn it. Who says where did you get that from? Daddy. Daddy says, damn it. Damn it. Damn it, daddy. <laughs> I was like, little hooker? She threw me under the bus. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't get it from me. Charlie, it's, it's from movies or TV. Mm -hmm. You know. So, like, Charlie, his his big one was we were watching uh, the second Jumanji movie. Uh-huh. And Kevin Hart, at the end, runs out on the elephant and tramples all over everybody. And he goes, zoology, bitches. <laughs> so like two seconds later, <laughs> guess who's making a big exclamation? <laughs> and that's one of those where you have to turn away because you're about to crack up. Yes. It's and so hard you have to turn around and tell him, no, we don't say that type of stuff. And you have to try and do it with a straight face. And, and, and that's something I love about that scene, too, because his dad what did you just say? And he doesn't say anything. That's right. what I thought you said. Get in the car. And yep. he has just a little smirk uh, as he's putting the lug nuts back. And he's got a little bit of, it's like that kid, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. Like, I'm not angry. Just what did you say? Right. That's what I thought you said. Get in the car. It's just, the mom handles it. She wants to know where he heard it, but he can't say I heard it from dad. Nope. So he says Schwartz, his buddy. <laughs> At which point she then goes and calls on the phone. Oh. And you can hear Mrs. Schwartz. Do you know what Ralphie just said? Mrs. Schwartz goes, no, what? And she goes, and you don't ever hear anybody say the word. Uh-huh. But you can hear over what? the phone, Mrs. Schwartz goes, no, not that. What? And, and you hear her say he probably got it from his dad. Yeah, she goes, do you know where he heard that? I don't know, probably from his dad. Yeah. yeah he's no, like, she heard it from your son. <gasps> what? And you could hear her whooping his ass too. Yes. You hear like, pops, pops. what I do, mom? What I do? Like, poor kid, dude. You just threw your friend under the bus hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, interesting, good side note to that. My wife, Lindsay, who was on your Bill and Ted show, mm -hmm. played the part of Schwartz's mom over the telephone. Oh, my God. In the stage play of A Christmas Story. That's done awesome. at Olympia High School by a good friend, Mr. Ed Budd. Ed Budd, who we will have, I will have on the show at some point as well. So um, he was off stage going, No, not that. 
That's so great. And that just him sitting there with his with his soap yeah. like that. Uh, miserable. Um, yeah, it's it's such a great. There are so many moments in this film that are memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many lines that you can quote. Um, I, I think it's probably one of one of the most quoted, you know, Christmas movies um, out there. Uh, there's so many things to quote out of this film. Um, the Hound Dogs, I, 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 I want Hound Dogs just for that. <laughs> um, um, you know, they finally come in and destroy Christmas, Christmas dinner. Turkey. Yeah, that almost happened at our house once. We were at my really? parents' house, and we had brought Lindsay and I brought our dog. This was before kids. We had our dog, and we had gone outside. It was for Christmas. We'd gone outside to talk to some people um, because the guy, my dad and the two neighbors and the guy across the street all put up these. Now, mostly it's the guy across the street, this giant Christmas display. Mm-hmm. So people are always driving back and forth. And people we knew, especially on Christmas Eve, would drive and, and take a look at the lights. And we had come back home. And so they said, hey, so-and-so's out here. Why don't you come say hi and stuff? So we go out. On the stove, you know, because it wasn't quite dinner time, but mm-hmm. the ham had finished cooking. It's the ham sitting up there. And we come in after talking oh. to these people, and there's our dog, paws up on the stove with the and the tongue like this far away <laughs> from that ham, ready to get it. And we she got caught just in time. <laughs> she looked around like, oh, you caught me. Oh, oh, um. So, you know, you've got your connection, your wife's connection to a Christmas story uh, doing that. Um, do you, you've got a couple of Christmas stories. Stories, I uh, do. I do. Um, so like we mentioned, the, uh, the, the whole movie is based on a book, two books. Most of it's from one book. There are bits and pieces from the other. Um, by Gene Shepard, who wrote the screenplay. He's the guy that narrates. He plays older Ralphie. And he's also the guy standing in the Santa Claus line that says, hey, kid, where are you going? No, no. The line ends here. It starts back there. That's the author, um, Gene Shepard. And, you know, most of this movie is taken from short stories in his book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And then a few things like the Bumpus Hounds are taken from another book of his, which is, again, got a lot of little stories mm-hmm. called Wanda Hickey's night of golden memories wow so he's taken all that and put it together he worked with his wife and the director to put it in the thing now um when he retired and i didn't realize this till it was too late gene shepherd retired as most people do to florida to sanibel island oh right where we grew up mm-hmm. our neck of the woods and i didn't find this out till i mean this was uh, i 27, 28, right about the time where we were all doing our thing together in the band mm-hmm. and we were all at each other's houses. And uh, by that time, there was IMDb and all this stuff where you could find stuff out. Right. And it said, oh, yeah, he retired and has been living in Sanibel for 10 or 15 years. I didn't find that out till like six months after he had died. Oh, like, son of a... He's like right there the whole time, this whole time in high school when it starts Mm -hmm. gaining momentum, it's on every night. And then 
you know, the, the marathons and like, he was like 20 minutes down the road the whole time. And the thing is one of my student films, I, I took from one of his short stories, the, uh, the endless streetcar night, the endless streetcar ride into the night and the tinfoil noose, which is in one of these books. I think it's in God we trust, but Ralphie's a little older Mm -hmm. and Schwartz sets him up on a blind date. Oh my God. That's what that one's about. But I shot the whole thing. I went back to Fort Myers to shoot the whole thing in the downtown historic district. Okay. And got permission, you know, because I'm like, I got to have old cars and junk and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And old housings and, and built and buildings. So I got permission to shoot at the Edison and Ford homes. Oh, nice. All the cars and everything. Wow. So again, I was sitting here when I found that side going, he was 20 minutes down the road while I'm shooting a film about his. I said, you know, uh, and back then, everybody was listed in the phone book. I was like, I bet you I could have found him. Yeah. And he'd have probably shown up and maybe been in my student film. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, six that months. Sucks. Too that late. sucks. Yeah. So that's Holy the first cow. one. Uh, and then uh, a couple of years ago, yeah, at Gaylord Palms at Ice, where they carve everything out of ice, they started doing themes and they did uh, a Christmas story. So, of course, we had to go. So mm-hmm. they carved out all the scenes in ice. So that was pretty cool. And then the big thing was, and it's become my favorite Christmas memory, and it's probably my favorite Christmas gift. Um, Aside from the glass and the lamps, I got all that stuff from my wife, you know, different Christmases. But the biggest one, and I shouldn't say this because at the beginning I said you should watch to find out what happens at the end. But in order for the story, you got I got to say, um, so spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you turn it off now and then you come back and watch <laughs> later. Um, but the end scene where he gets the BB gun, mm-hmm. right? So I got a BB gun in the exact same manner. Wow. That happened when I was in, I was in college by this point. And it's not something I asked for, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got all these years in high school where it's on every night, mm-hmm. you know? And my dad, you know, once he's the type... It's like once he's seen a movie, okay, he's seen it and that's it, you know. Right. Maybe if it comes on 15 years later and it's a John Wayne movie or something, he might watch it again, right? But we, we would watch it every night and he'd be sitting over there reading the paper or walk in and he's like, is that on again? Are you watching that again? <laughs> I can't believe it. Isn't there something else, you know? And then it right. got to be the marathon all Christmas again. You know, Now, of course, after 20 years, he's just accepted it. And, and it's not just my house, it's at my brother's house too. So it doesn't matter where he goes for Christmas. The thing is playing 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, he's not like, I mean, obviously the rest of us work in the industry. We love movies and that's what we quote all the time. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about everything just like we're doing now. And he doesn't do any of that. He doesn't, right? So I just figured he's never paying attention. So, like I said, I was probably 22 or 23. I think it was towards the end of my college. I, maybe I might even have been out of college. But it was somewhere between 21 and 25. And I hadn't asked for it. But, you know, by that time, it's starting to get to be like, what do you want for Christmas? And by that time, it's like, well, I don't, well, I don't really want anything. I don't right. need anything. You know, back then, it was like, give me a gift certificate to Best Buy, and we call it a day, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was like the whole, because, you know, mm-hmm. and so we're sitting there 
And he says, you know, we're all done opening Christmas presents and everything in the morning. And he starts talking and he says, so did you guys have a good Christmas? We're like, well, yeah, I guess. He goes, did you get everything you wanted? And we're like, I guess so, you know, because we were both old enough at that time. We didn't ask for anything. And it didn't dawn on me that he's starting to quote this movie <laughs> word for word doing the scene because that's not my dad, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't click. And we're, of course, like, yeah, I guess we did. We didn't really ask for anything, <laughs> you know. And he's sitting there and he's looking. And he goes, well, what's that? I'm like, what? What's that over there behind the desk? Does the whole scene. That's I go back awesome. there, I pull out the big long thing and and open it up. And it's a Red Rider 200 shot carbine action range model air rifle. My whole thing plays out just like the movie. He didn't tell my mom, so she's doing exactly like the mom. Just, what, what is that? Because my mom, now my mom is in charge of the presents under the tree, arranging mm-hmm. everything looks beautiful. This is who gets what. So even she doesn't know, because I guess that night after everybody went to bed, he stuck it behind the desk. Wow. So she has the same reaction, only it's real. (laughs) What's back there? I didn't put anything back there. And we're pulling out. She's like, what is that? And we find out it's this Red Ryder B. And she's like, I didn't get him that. And it's the whole thing. That's awesome. So in addition to, you know, this stuff, I do also have a official Red Rider carbine action 200 shot range model air rifle. That's phenomenal. Holy cow. My dad now uses to shoot squirrels. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. In the backyard on the bird feeder. Holy cow. Um, so what is your favorite scene out of this? Because you're obviously a huge fan of this movie. Right. You can only save one scene, one snippet from this movie. What are you keeping? Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to say the deranged Easter bunny. Yes. How can you not? Oh, it's so great. Like I tell that was the memory that always stuck with me. So, so Ralphie gets a present from his aunt Clara, you know, sent from which all of us, well, maybe not you, but the rest of us from up North you know, have presents sent to our house. Mm -hmm. Again, a relatable moment. Yep. You know, from the people that can't make it there. And likewise, you send, you know. So he gets a gift from his Aunt Clara who lives somewhere else. Yeah. So there you go. Another relatable moment. Except he says over the the narration was, I got a gift from my Aunt Clara, but unfortunately – She's resigned to the fact that she believes I'm perpetually three years old and a girl. (laughs) So he opens this up and it's just a lot of pink fluff and these little bunnies poking out and he pulls out a giant pink onesie and on the feet are made to look like bunny slippers with little bunny ears and everything. And the onesie has got a hood on it with ears and a tail. So, I mean, this is what he ends up getting. And he is right? not happy. And he is not happy about that. And his mom is going, oh, it's so precious. Look how cute and beautiful. And he hates it. And his dad's like, do you like that? He goes, no. And he goes, you want to take it off? 
Yeah. And his wife is like, but it looks so good. He's so cute. And, he, and his dad goes, Oh, he doesn't. He looks like a deranged Easter bunny. He's a pink nightmare. You want to take it off? Uh, he goes, take it off. Tell him to take it off. <laughs> like, okay, you can take it off. And you only have to wear it when Aunt Clara visits. And he goes to run upstairs to take it off. And the dad is still yelling, take it off. <laughs> and his dad played by Jerry Seinfeld, apparently. Right. Uh, <laughs> take it off. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite we all scenes. got that present that we're from a relative that we're just like, oh, I mean, even yeah. some of the other stuff, when they're opening up gifts, they both open up socks. They mm -hmm. look at each other and they toss them back. Like, you know, I mean, we've all been, you know, mm -hmm. you open it up, you get the underwear. Yep. Or one year, uh, somebody got my brother and I um, pullover sweatshirts. Um they were nice. Don't get me wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're both right. exactly the same. He was standing next to me. Right. And I'm looking at his, he's looking, they were different colors. That's it. And he got a black one. I got a gray one. He wasn't really about the black, you know, I need all kinds of black for work all the time. So we just kind of looked at each other and went like this at the same Switch. time. And we switched. <laughs> yeah. We switched. <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, nice. I still got mine. I use it for work and everything else. I don't know if he's got his, <laughs> but yeah. So again, it's relatable moments and it's just hysterical because it's, you know, nobody in their right mind would, you know, at the time yeah. want to wear something like that. Now, of course, you can go to Walmart and buy a onesie. So I didn't think about to right before we were hooked up. I said to Lindsay, I said, oh, forget the sweater. I should have went and bought a onesie for this. <laughs> Like how funny would that be when the screen uh, pops on and I'm in the running suit? <laughs> that would have been amazing. It was like five minutes before we were starting, and I was like, "Oh." <sighs> um. So he gets his gun, and naturally he has to go shoot. Yes. And he does. He sets he up to shoot. He's got a paper target. Unfortunately, he sets it up against a metal sign. So what, of course, happens? The BB ricochets off the metal sign and hits his glasses and breaks his glasses. He gets a little welt. His glass, he falls down. He feels the impact. And the first thought to his mind is, oh, my God, everybody was right. I've shot my, my eye out. out. Um, and good quick thinking on his part says it was an icicle. Uh, right. that, when he that, realizes he still had his eye, but he's got a big old scratch and his broke glasses his were broken. Yeah. He's like, if I tell him it's my gun, mom will take it away. I'll never see it again. Mm -hmm. So instead, he conjures up the idea of an icicle fell off the roof and smacked him. Yep. Which his mom believes. Well, apparently that happens. So. Whew, yeah, yeah it scary. does. Yeah, that's scary. Um, Watching any of this stuff from America's Funniest Home Videos where up north, even if you get too much snow and you slam the door too hard, it's an avalanche or the ice comes down because that stuff's all heavy and it's just mm -hmm. barely hanging on by a little bit of water that's frozen and yeah it's it's uh, that that always scared me when that happened because i remember asking it's like does that really happen and they're like yeah some people were that were from up north were like yeah that that happens it could just come down oh yeah i said can it kill people I'm like if it's big enough I remember, being, <laughs> I remember being scared. I was like, oh, I don't ever want to go by it. There's icicles. I don't want to go by it. Um, 
So we talked about the Bumpus's dogs coming in, ruining Christmas dinner. Now they've got to go and uh, find the only place that's ever open on Christmas. It's a Chinese restaurant. Um, Chinese restaurant. And the Bowling's Chop Chewy Palace. Wow. Um, And um, they, they see the duck. It's smiling. It's smiling. Yeah. Oh. The, for people that don't know, they, they ordered, you know, Peking duck. Um, and they bring it out, but it's not in cut up pieces. Like if you were to order the combo meal, it's they ordered the full on duck, which is served with the head on. <laughs> you know, and again, this takes place in the 30s and 40s. So they're not used to seeing that. Mm-hmm. So they're all a little freaked out. And the mom and the kids are laughing because they think it's funny. And he tells the, the guy, you know, so it's a very nice duck. But, you know, because he's like, well, something's wrong. You know, the, the Chinese guy He's like, well, what's wrong? You know, and he's like, it's smiling at me. <laughs> he goes, oh, so he's going to fix it. So he all of a sudden, I mean, almost like a cartoon, just whips out this cleaver, just giant meat cleaver out of his pocket and just slams it down. And chops the head right off. <laughs> I love the fact that the mom's reaction is real, is legit. She doesn't know yeah. that that's coming. Doesn't know. Um, the Christmas carolers um, is another moment that maybe wouldn't get done now if they make it. No, um, right. Yeah, that's the, he's got, you know, because no place is open but the Chinese place. And they're the only people in the Chinese place because mm-hmm. everybody is at home having Christmas ham and Christmas turkey. Um, so they're there. And so in order to make it more festive, the, the guy that owns the restaurant has his waiters sitting there caroling, you know, seeing Christmas carols. And it's decked the halls that they can't do fa-la-la, they do fa ra 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 because they're all Chinese, <laughs> which now wouldn't pass uh-uh. at all. People would get offended back but, then, yes. But at the same time, there is a reason for that. And I mean, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to do it now, I mean, this would be my, you know, and I get to put use to my degree because I've had, you know, Chinese history. I had a history minor, Chinese class, but... There's no L in the Chinese language. Right. Which is why they go fa ra 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 and they all had such a hard time with it. So if you come from China, the L is the hardest to pronounce because they never learn how to do it. They've got everything else. Wow. So yeah, I mean now it looks like some type of racist stereotype, but they're actually and I mean, but it's just they don't have the L. There's a scientific meaning behind it. Yeah, but yeah it's funny. Yeah, you couldn't do that now. No, but yeah, I remember that. But it's just them, so they tell them to pick a different Christmas carol. And it's like every Christmas carol they, they'd sing has got words with big L's in it, jingle bells. And so finally he just shoes them away because he tries to teach them this. The owner has taken the time to learn the English language properly so he can explain it. It's la, 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 la. And the other guys just aren't getting it. So he shoes them away back to the kitchen. He says, go, go back to the kitchen. <laughs> All right. So we've come to the end of this. We've got our trivia questions. I got 10 trivia questions for you and a bonus. Your wife is the only one to get all 10, right? 10 for 10. All right. Um, I got to go for the bonus then to be the man. You got, yeah. In order to, to, to to be the man in your house, you got to get them all. I got a feeling you're probably going to get them all um, because you know, 
frontwards and backwards. So we start off pretty light, and then we start getting a little harder towards the end here. Uh, what year did the movie debut? 1983. 1983, that's right. Who can't put their arms down? That's his brother, Randy. That's it. Uh, what was the major award the old man won? That would be the iconic leg lamp. Yes. What's the name of the next door neighbors? The Bumpuses. Bumpuses. What color eyes does Ralphie say Scott Farkas has? Scott Farkas had yellow eyes. Yellow, yellow eyes. eyes. I swear to God, he had <laughs> yellow eyes. Yellow eyes. Um, what? Oh God, you've already answered this one. Uh, what's the title book of that movie uh, that the movie is based on? In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And he even has it with him. Um, who did Ralphie say told him the bad word? That would be Schwartz. Yes. Um, when Ralphie uh, freezes on Santa's lap, what does Santa suggest for him to, to get, to ask for? How about a nice a football? That's yeah, it. Football. That is it. Um, what's the name of the restaurant where they have Christmas dinner? Bowling's Chinese Palace. Boom. Started uh, out, I guess, maybe as a bowling place because it said bowling. Mm -hmm. And the guy, because his name is Bowling, turns off the W in neon out of the word bowling. You're nine for nine. All right. To tie your wife with 10. After the scene, during the scene where Ralphie gets in a fight, uh -huh. uh, Ralphie's mom quickly changes the subject before his dad gets mad and says, so Green Bay is playing who this week? That would be the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. And he goes 10 for 10. Bears. Chipmunks, maybe, but not the way they're playing. <laughs> and then to beat it, to get right, a perfect score. How many times does Ralphie say he hears his dad say the F word a day? I couldn't tell you a million. No way. The last okay. one. Yeah, I know, like everything else. I he says 10 you. times. Ten, he says it 10, ten times, times a day. A day. Oh, so it's a tie. It's a tie. But the, the Conrad family goes 10 for 10. Oh, both of you. Man. Oh, man. Now you're tied. You're tied. I feel bad. Uh, <laughs> it feels like a defeat, to tell you the truth. Oh, uh, Brian, thank you so much, man, for joining. Um, uh, please uh, say the name Thanks of your, uh, your company and your uh, website where they can find you. All right. Uh, it's Creative Wave Productions, www.creativewaveproductions.com. Awesome. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Sweet, sweet. Um, you can find uh, Real Drinks uh, with Ali Flores on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube. If you're, if you're just now listening to this, uh, find us on YouTube. Subscribe and like and rate uh, on any one of the platforms that we have real drinks with Ali Flores. You can find me. Um, uh, you can find me on Instagram at comedic actor, uh, comedic actor Ali on Twitter, although I don't really do Twitter that much. You can find me on Facebook, Ali Flores, uh, comedic actor and uh, TikTok. If you like jokes and I do jokes almost every day, uh, you could find me. I've changed it. It was comedic actor. Now it's just a underscore Ali underscore Flores. You can find me there. Thanks again, Brian. I hope you had a good time. I did. Thank you for having me. All right, I'll brother. Do it again sometime. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. All right, everyone. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Peace.